I love Paul's metaphor about clothing. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name for the spiritual journey that together we are on. Lord, you know the people who are hearing this message and you know just what we need to hear. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities and for the instructions you give us from the Bible. And Lord, I thank you mostly for your love. I ask these words speak life into all of us today. Amen. Do you ever think about what to wear? Has it ever become a thought, what should I wear? I'm sure when James goes out in a boat, what should I wear today? You know, he's got to ask the other crew, are we going out where it's really windy? I've got a little story. I have two daughters, the twins, so I can say the same age. When they were about 10, uh, Leanne had gone out with the girls and bought them some new clothes. And she bought my daughter, Alex, a really nice shiny pair of shoes that were really good for, I think, going to, say, I think it was grandma's party. I think they were bought for us, but they looked really, really sharp. But they weren't very good for walking any kind of long distance. It was a Saturday night. Uh, Leanne was working. I was uh, playing Monopoly with the kids at home. And I said, how about we go out and get an ice cream? Now, the nearest that we could park to the ice cream shop was going to be about a kilometre away, yeah, which is a long walk for little kids, but that's quite good for them because it makes them tighter and they're likely as soon as you get them home, they'll go to sleep, all that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking, being a wise father here. And Alex said to me, I just said, we'll just put on something nice so we can go to the, go to the ice cream shop. Alex immediately came back with these brand new shoes that uh, were showing. I said, Lex, you're not going to get there. Those shoes are just a bit uncomfortable. And she said, no, 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 I'm going to wear them because I want to wear my new shoes. And I said, but I know how far away we've got to park. And Alex just continued on. We go down and get our ice cream. By the time we're coming back, Alex is kind of walking along with the, the sore feet. But she enjoyed it. We enjoyed our ice cream, we got home, and it was, it was all good. But at that moment, it was because I'd been there before and I knew what was going on with the ice cream shop, I knew where we'd be parking, I had some wisdom that uh, I could have advised my daughter what to wear. But not many daughters are that interested in what their father <laughs> wants to tell them to wear when they go out. What we've got in our Bible reading is, in fact, God giving us a what to wear suggestions some tips on what you'll need to wear. Now, God's not saying to us, wear these things because I want you to look a certain way or I want to straightjacket you or I want to control you. God's saying this, these are things you're going to need. I know the future that is ahead of you. I actually know where you're going. You need virtues. And God's saying, put on these virtues. Ancient philosophers and then later Bible scholars distilled seven virtues out of all the wisdom readings. They came up with chastity. They're all nice old-fashioned words. Chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, and humility. Now, certain traditions uh, amongst the Catholics and Orthodox have changed the names of some of these and split them into cardinal virtues and theological virtues. So when Paul says uh, faith, hope and love, they're theological virtues, and ones like prudence and diligence are cardinal virtues. But what the virtues are really about is virtues allow gifts to grow in the church. 
Now we often pray for gifts in our church. We pray for people to be gifted. We like to see uh, people with gifts of bringing in good food for us to have at morning tea. But when we have people with virtues in the church, it makes it very easy for those gifts to grow. So this morning we're going to look at two of the virtues that are mentioned in uh, our reading. Humility and patience. Now firstly, humility, that allows gifts to grow within us. Godly gifts to grow within us and patience allows godly gifts to grow within the people around us. Let's just look at humility. I always like to quote Jane Austen. I've never read Jane Austen, by the way. I just like to quote her. This is quite horrific. Uh, Leanne is an English teacher. She's done very well at teaching uh, a high level of English. Sorry? No, can't teach me. Yes. But I do like this line of Mr. Darcy. Nothing is more deceitful than the appearance of humility. It is often only a carelessness of opinion and sometimes it's an indirect boast. You know, like, I'm just a public servant. You know, I can imagine Malcolm Turnbull saying something like that. Uh, Eisenhower, when he was US president, said, yeah, I was just a soldier in World War II. Like, it's almost an indirect boast. But a better quote, I found these on Wikipedia, which I like, humility is having suspicion towards your own opinions and a generousness towards people you disagree with. So that had some power. And then another one was, humility is throwing oneself away in complete concentration on something or someone else. So actually genuinely hearing what somebody else is saying. But I really like C.S. Lewis, uh, the author and uh, Christian philosopher, maybe? Would that be a... a, Sorry? A theologian? Theologian, author. He said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's actually thinking of yourself less. Let's just look into this for a second. Creating a teachable spirit within ourselves. This is something that I pray for. And it's actually quite difficult. As you get older and you know more and you become, say, a senior person in your workplace, it's hard to learn from junior people, especially when they don't know anything. And they think they know everything and think that I don't know anything. I'm immediately coming up against a bit of a fight. But I pray to God and I say, God, give me a teachable spirit. And I actually allow young people to teach me. And it it can be tricky. I remember one day in this church, just sitting over here, when Robin was our minister, she was running an afternoon prayer meeting, and I thought, oh, look, I'll just come along. And when I walked in, there was somebody in here that Robin was praying with who was very sick with cancer. Now, I've never prayed for a person who was sick like that before. I've prayed for people with a cold or prayed for somebody with some minor condition, but somebody with a serious condition, I was sort of really just going, oh, what do you do at this point? I was able just to sit with Robin. I didn't actually say anything at this point, And I watched what Robin did. And Robin was praying with, uh, she read some scripture. She anointed this woman with oil. I saw how to do that. And I thought, this is a really good thing to do. 
he actually learned something from being around people and being willing to be taught. The next virtue is patience that we look at. Now, if we're humble, we can... We're not thinking less of ourselves, we're just thinking about ourselves less. If we are humble, gifts can grow in us. If we think we know it all, the gifts just cannot grow at all. Next one is patience. Now, patience is about allowing gifts to grow in the people around us. So again, I looked up some interesting quotes. An author wrote, If I saw a hitchhiker wearing a tie-dyed shirt... I'd assume he's been waiting for a ride since the 1960s. And I think that kind of patience is groovy. That is not the patience that we are talking about today. That is a type of self-control, just being able to wait. Aristotle said, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Now this is the kind of patience that we are talking about in the Bible. The key to everything is patience. You get a chicken by hatching an egg, not by smashing it. Now, it's easy when we think about patience is the idea of just self-control. You know, that uh, if it's my turn next to go into the doctor and a really sick person comes in in front of me and uh, takes my place and I have to wait another 20 minutes or half an hour, if I've got the patience just to sit there and stay calm and wait, that feels like patience, but it actually isn't. That is, it's very important to have good self-control and self-discipline, but that's just self-discipline, having empathy for other people, being caring. Patience is much more active. Patience is something where we're actually supporting one another and building one another's gifts. Now, in this church, I have seen real patience with people. I've seen people being very patient with me, patient with me to allow me to stand here this morning, patient with me to allow me to play my guitar, I feel like I'm getting better at it. It's uh, a patience that grows gifts in the church. You know, I've seen, seen us being patient with people with our children's ministry. I've seen patience with, with our prayers. You know, people are patient with one another and we actually grow our gifts. This is a time when uh, we as a church grow our hospitality gifts by the hosp- hospitality that we have by all going together down to the Powerhouse Museum and uh, events like that. That is a Sometimes we need to be a little bit patient with one another, but most times we really enjoy it. This is a real gift that this church has. We can share that gift with others, and sometimes we need to use a little bit of patience, but because the patience is just there, we really do grow. When I see these virtues operating, I see them working in this church in a really good way to really grow our gifts. I saw a sign on the outside of a church once, you know, a movable type sign, that said, God loves you just the way you are, but too much to leave you that way. In that idea, we have this idea that God actually, we as a church love you just the way you are, but God is working on you. What we do as a church is support you as God is working on you. This is quite different to what we normally see. Normally the view is the church comes along and says, you've got to live like this, you've got to live like that, you've got to do this. It's very hard to do those things and then it doesn't support you as you try and live like it. We do the opposite here. 
we don't ask you to do anything to be part of our church but when you're here and you're hearing the Bible read and you're hearing our worship songs and hearing the word being spoken God will speak into your life and then we as a church will support you I just saw a little example of this a while ago Uh, I saw God put his hand on one of our church members to be generous she lent her car to somebody and then needed her car that day after she'd already agreed to lend it so uh, she was being generous and then immediately somebody else in the church just gave her a lift to support her and I just thought oh that was just an amazing uh, development nobody in the church was standing up here saying you must be generous you've got to do things she just felt this from God and then the church supported her as she stepped out in faith so the church really supports that is how we use virtues to grow our gifts On the 27th of December 2015, as we consider these virtues and the gifts that they would develop in our local church and the wider community, let's ask God to help us put on the clothes of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And then let's bind them in love. This is a real fashion statement for 2016. And to quote verse 17 again, Whatever we do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen.